We are recording. The pressure is on you. This is take number 47 since you ruined the last 46 episodes and you couldn't get it straight. <laughs> so now we're finally, after months, coming back to you during your job. You ready? All right. I'm not, but I'm going to go anyway. That's the confidence. Let's do it, kiddo. Ladies and gentlemen, denizens, creatures of Earth, welcome to episode four, question mark, I think. It's been a while. Let's be real here. I'm going to put you on blast, David. It's been a bit. You've been a busy man. The people at home don't know that we're recording these beforehand. It's been a bit. It's good to see your face. You've been gone for a while. You've been traveling America during COVID. Shame on you. But I'm glad you got away for a little bit, though. I'm proud of you. You know, not only put me on blast, but like blame me for everything. Okay. I mean, like, I'm not the only. It takes two here. Okay. I mean, you got to be available 24 7 as right. well. Well, I'm sorry that I sit by my computer and wait for you constantly. But the one time I have to go poop <laughs> is the time that you decide to take a vacation and leave me in the lurch. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. We're glad you're able to come back with us. I am one of your hosts. My name is Brian Ortiz. And my name is David Castillo. I'm the other lesser half. And this show is simple. It's nothing more than two people who hate each other. You and I specifically, David, we loathe each other. Let's be real here. We always have. But this is an attempt for us to get to know each other. Am I right? What better way to learn about someone than with conversation? And that's what this show is about. Because what is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another? Every week, one of us will pick a topic. Uh, I will pick a topic and share it with you. Next week, you will share one of your topics with me. And in doing so, I will learn something about the world, but I'll also learn something about you, or you will learn something about me, and that's how the show works. At the end, we come together, we talk about what each person learned about the other person, and maybe, if we're lucky, we hate each other a little less, and maybe one day, we will be able to hold hands as we walk down the beach, David, as we walk down the beach. That's the trick. You know, I, I really enjoy this 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 hatred aspect because, I, listen, I, yes, I took a vacation during COVID <laughs> like an idiot, but this was dur <laughs> like I went to New Orleans, right? So going to Canal Street, that brought back, that made me realize maybe I don't hate Brian because when we were in New Orleans uh -huh. for our one of our uh, presumably best friend's wedding, um, Brian and I just walked down Canal Street um, for like, what, from like four in the morning till like seven Talking about Blade and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, we did. So. That was that was that was enjoyable. Yes, we had very many romantic late nights in the French Quarter together. <laughs> you and I. Uh, most people didn't know this about at us. At Daisy Dukes, no less. At Daisy Dukes, no less. It's a romantic time. It's the city of love for you and I. And maybe one day you and I will go back and hold hands down the French Quarter and not get snickered at because it's a new world soon, David. A world of tolerance <laughs> and love. Uh, David, my romantic partner who I hate. As always, I have asked you not to share the topic with me because I want to be surprised. I'm pretty sure it might be awesome or it could be terrible. So, David, tell me, my dude, what are we talking about today? 
So uh, today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, which is in the 90s, why is it that action heroes wanted to fight their dads? What? And so the follow-up then is, of course, how can we relate to that? What is it that we can see? I w- yes, how do like, we relate to this? <laughs> what is it about our own lives that we can totally sympathize with Stallone dropping a helicopter on John Lithgow's head or arranging calculated smart bombs so that the person gets blown up more than once a la James Woods versus Sylvester Stallone in The Specialist. And you are getting some deep cuts in there. So you're asking, you want to know, like, you want to talk <laughs> about why 90s writing seemed to portray these characters, one who was like the masculine hero versus the the older gentleman, because a lot of these movies have like varying ages between the hero, the hero and the bad guy, or at least on a visual sense. But more so the deeper question is you think the writers or the industry changed to have these deep down inside is this contextualized daddy issues is what you're saying, David. Yes. Like, you know, you see, we see John Lithgow versus Stallone, but you see fucking daddy issues underneath that. That's your psychotic way of looking at movies. And you want to know how that I, I see. relates to our real lives. I, I feel like all you're trying to do is dig out my father issues, David. And I don't pay you enough to talk about my dad. But uh, it has been a topic of conversation. And so uh, you're a monster for bringing that up and, and springing this on me. But uh, for the sake of the podcast and the people out there, uh, I will talk about it, David. I will talk about it. Um, so we, we kind of start there, but the reason why I started thinking about this topic okay. is that when we were, when I was in New Orleans with my fiance, uh, she saw Cliffhanger for the first what? time. And, and my first David, thought, David, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story the... about Cliffhanger. Okay. I got to okay. talk about right. Cliffhanger. Let me interrupt you. Okay. When I was a kid, so, uh, for those that don't know, again, because our audience is just like pretty much bounced out. Anyone who's the, like below the age of 25 is probably like, F this, I'm out. Uh, Cliffhanger, Sylvester Stallone, 1993, right? John Lithgow is the bad guy. Um, <laughs> I was a kid, right? I was I was a kid in that time. I remember that the Super Mario Brothers movie was also out in theaters in 1993. Always take it back to this shit. I wanted to go see Super Mario Brothers so bad. I love that movie, right? A huge Super Mario was a friend, huge uh, John Leguizamo fan. But... Uh, I believe my father at the time insisted that I go see Cliffhanger instead with him. And I remember being absolutely traumatized by this movie when I was a kid. It was way too much for a nine-year-old, right? <laughs> like, it's freaking Sylvester Stallone, like, dropping his wife off of a cliff. You know what I mean? Like... Some heavy stuff, dude, okay, for like a little kid. Uh, my parental unit insisted that I have to watch this movie, and I remember having <laughs> to go to the bathroom a lot. That's in air quotes for those that can't see. And honestly, what I would do, I would literally walk into Super Mario Brothers for as long as I think a pee would last, and then back into Cliffhanger, be traumatized, leave again, try and go see John Leguizamo and Bob Hodgkins do some cool stuff. They go back to Sylvester Lone and get fucked up by a mountain and then go <laughs> back inside. So the whole movie was me going back and forth, back and forth between Super Mario Brothers and Cliffhanger. And to this day, mountain climbing scares the bejesus out of me. I have never like felt such disdain for you 
than I have. <laughs> like getting out of cliffhangers so you can watch Mario Brothers. You know, you can like watch that shit ironically however much you want. Cliffhanger is is just it's it's the ultimate diehard ripoff. In fact, I would even I wouldn't even call Whoa, it a diehard. Big ripoff. words, dude. Big I, words. I would say diehard ripped off cliffhanger. But that's besides Firestorm the point. is essentially cliffhanger five years later in the woods. It's the same fucking movie. No, don't do this, man. Do not disrespect Cliffhanger's I'm not disre- I, with a Howie Long okay. vehicle. Okay, first of all, I think I would be disrespecting Firestorm more than I would be disrespecting Cliffhanger, okay? You're like the Simon Pegg character from World's End. <laughs> yeah. Just no arguing Gary King, <laughs> yeah. Gary King was right, and so am I. All right? Firestorm is the better vehicle than Cliffhanger. I'm going to put it out there. This summer, action goes long. Howie, <laughs> my God, like even if you're nine years old, like what did you do at nine years old that just made you averse to like watching like kick ass gunplay and amazing violence on the mountains? OK, well, not all of us are psychopaths yet at nine like you, David, who's <laughs> probably already watching RoboCop. OK, I didn't see dick shooting until a little bit later. All right. At the t- <laughs> I wasn't ready for it yet. OK, I just remember like. Not wanting to see this movie, I didn't care for it at the time. If you had told nine-year-old me, would I rather go see a Super Mario Brother movies based on a video game that I love to play, or some buff dude fight, you know, Third Rock from the Sun's John Lithgow? I would be like, well, of course I want to see Super Mario Brothers. Why the hell would I want to not go in there and see that? <laughs> okay, but but a whole- I'm not the villain here. Okay, the story is not me. I'm not the villain trying to take pee breaks to go see Super Mario Brothers. Okay, let's just let's let's put it into context. I think it's interesting that you talk about your viewing habits as a kid because I, when I was six, my parents showed me Predator. Um, so I, clearly we had different parental guidelines. We grew up with different parental guidelines. Yes, my parents cared. Um, and my, by parent, I mean my mother. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, David. Just saying. Okay, but but so so what started this topic was, of course, the fact that in the movie we're expected to believe that you know John Lithgow is, is a... You know, again, they have a fist fight at the end. Right? They, they have... Uh, like complete with like, you know, bad one-liners, and I was just kind of like, where where did we like where did we go astray here? Well just, well, just so I'm clear, David, just so I'm clear, you're saying you believe Sylvester Stallone in 1993's traumatizing movie Cliffhanger beat John Lithgow because that character has daddy issues? Is that correct? No, no, because society had daddy issues. Okay. Okay, so I'll just make one last point, right? And I'll get to my thesis. Uh, David, is, are you sure this question isn't because you're trying to work out some father issues? Let me ask you that. First, listen, we, we can talk about my dad in a second, but but I'm, I'm really interested in, in whether or not you think that, because you're the one with the pop culture, like encyclopedic knowledge, which, yes, I always make fun of you for, but I also 100% respect. And that's why I come to you. You know, I think in the 90s, yeah, there, I mean, there definitely was a, a, there was a change in that kind of thing. I, I think it may have been a lot of different factors, like one being the type of actors that they were trying to pull in, right? Maybe it's to say some of the heroes, the actors playing the heroes, maybe they weren't the best actors in the world. And they, they, they had to counterbalance it with, like, really good bad guys, you know? Um I also think that potentially, you know, there was a time when the physicality of a bad guy was the point of focus, right? In the 80s and stuff like that, it was a lot of muscle-bound dudes who looked like they could physically hurt you. But as we went into the 90s and we started getting more into, like, the psychology of things and therapy and all that kind of stuff, the idea of a strong villain who can play mind games with you 
is became scarier than someone who was physical. So you started to go towards the idea of like, yeah, they don't have to be physically imposing to be scary. They just have to do the minimal physical effort, but perhaps they trick you or they make you, they trick you into thinking and lull you into a false sense of security. And so those ideas became the ideas for villains all of a sudden. And it's not to say that's everybody. We still had imposing villains throughout the 90s. It's, it still happens today. But not all men were just super physically stat. In fact, I would argue like in the 70s, a lot of the villains that I see totally look like they're in their 60s or something like that. And I'm just like, how are you imposing? Real quick, I really want to hear you continue your thought about that because I'm also curious about like whether or not you see that play out in like comics and stuff like that because I don't read comics. Like I said, I was I was being socially accepted back when I was in school. Rude. Um, rude. Very rude. How dare just you? Kidding. Very rude. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was, yeah, I was, I was a shitty kid. Um, oh, she hit in a shitty guy, David. <laughs> Just keep on going. Oh, what I was gonna say is, it's funny you mentioned that that sort of the '70s because I was watching Deliverance the other Ooh. day, and it's interesting and, how okay, nobody sort of, in their okay, 20s so the, is listening to us anymore, David. You've completely knocked everyone out of who's like in their 20s. And teens, they're all gone, dude. They're them. all gone. We're just listening to people 35 and above. Well, they'll, you know, millennials will get their turn. Dude, when are you going to start talking about Fortnite, dude, and Minecraft and stuff, David? When are you going to start dabbing on the podcast so we can start getting the youth back into the damn thing? Instead, you're talking to me about Brian Dennehy and 70s villains. Nobody knows these people, damn it. I'm just really glad you remembered Brian Dennehy. I, I felt like he was going to get lost in the shuffle. No, no. But please continue to isolate us from our audience members. Continue with the seventies, please. <laughs> I, I really didn't have a have a point. Like like I said, I wanted you to get back to oh. yours, but I just wanted to bring up Deliverance because, like, I, I'd forgotten that the bad guys. Yes, they're they're a stereotype of these kind of you know like uh -huh. types that were later sort of lampooned in like what I thought were awful movies like Wrong Turn. But anyways, man, like you know the, the sort of the the good guys, the the ones that are you know in peril. Are like the you know, the quote unquote the alpha males like Burt Reynolds in that movie is shredded. Is dude is okay. Jacked. Hold on, is Ned Beatty and, and, and Ronnie guy. Cox really alpha males in that <laughs> well, series? That's why I singled out Burt Reynolds and not Ronnie <laughs> okay. Cox. And okay, Ned Beatty. just making sure we're on the set. You made it sound like the heroes, and I was like, you mean Ned Beatty and Ronnie Cox, the guitar player, is a hero in this one? I don't feel like that's true. David, did you watch Deliverance because you went to New Orleans? Okay, so real quick, real quick story time. <laughs> story time. This is, this is like real quick real quick story time. I went kayaking uh, by myself. Uh, and, uh, my fiance was sick at the time. Went kayaking. Uh, and when I did, we were going across like this sort of like pathway where there were like little mini, there were little mini houses right along the uh, edges of the river. And... Uh, one of the one of the houses had this big sign that you could not miss, and said, "Banjo's playing, paddle faster." <laughs> oh <laughs> <I> thought, my God! <laughs> Jesus, good lord! David, if I saw that, I would just tip my canoe over and drown myself because I know what happens next, and it's called squealing like a pig. Uh, for those that have never seen it, if you're younger and you've already tuned us out or you're still with us, Deliverance is. A it's one of AFI's 100 best, if I understand correctly. Uh, it has an amazing cast of highly professional, amazing, legendary actors who go on a, well, they go on a camping slash kayak trip, cut to, they run into some issues, and eventually they run into a set of locals, as we'll call them, colorful locals, who uh, uh, eventually want to hurt them, and they do a very 
uh, sodomizing scene, if you will, in the piece that is known throughout history forever and ever. So it's always weird to me to watch uh, Ned Beatty, who is essentially Otis from Superman, get rammed from behind. And I'll never forget that imagery growing up when I was watching it. I, I mean, look, that movie actually worked on me too, dude. I know it's a stereotype, and I know that it's not painting a lot of people in the best picture. I get it. But when I was a kid, and you would see so many pop culture references to that Ned Beatty scene. Look, the point is this. Here's a piece of advice for anyone listening to us. If you ever are going outdoors camping, if you're going in the fucking river, if you're boating in the ocean, and all of a sudden, in the midst of the dark or the shadows of the sun, you start hearing a fucking banjo, you either turn the hell around or you murder yourself. Because what happens next, you will not want to happen, ladies and gentlemen. That's a free advice from our podcast to you. So, and back to your question about why the people want to get beat. I've already completely lost my train of thought. We've traveled so far down the <laughs> river, the Banjo River. I have no memory anymore of why that is. Um, but no, David, stop pussyfooting around, you dang puss. And I want to hear your reasons why you think uh, bad guys were different in the 90s. Lay it on me. I want to hear it. Okay, so one other thing before we even you get to that. You son of a because... bitch. You are teasing me too much, David. I want you to get to it. Feed me. Put it in my mouth. I want to taste it. Nom, 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 nom. I want to taste what you got to tell me, son. Taste it. Tell me. Put it in my mouth. You know, as much as I would love to keep this conversation streamlined, when you're talking about like how you... Oh, you're killing me, David. You're killing me here. I want to know your answer. <laughs> you're, you're cock-teasing me so hard right now. Can, can I... Oh. I will say this, one, say this one thing about Firestorm. Because as much as I like, I rag on you for bringing it up, for some reason I can remember something very specific from Firestorm, which is Barry Pepper <laughs> hung upside down on a tree yes. yelling at his fellow villains... You shot me in the arm, you psycho motherfucker! And like for some reason, I just you remember re that. Line. I remember that line. I bet if you watch it, you will like you, that's going to be verbatim. What the hell were you doing shooting at him? You was holding me up. You shot me in my arm, you psycho motherfucker! Cut me down, you selfish asshole! I don't know why it's just like stuck in my head, right there in the hippocampus. Just embedded, waiting for a time like this, a moment like this. David, you still have not given me my load. I want to know what your damn thoughts are. What? How, why are 90s villains different, man? You're killing us here, David. What is it? Give it to me. Give it to me straight. Put it in my mouth and give it to me straight. <laughs> I, I think it's a, a lot of like, it's it's those like main things that I mentioned. I honestly think that it was sort of, Right, because you know people are influenced by the world around them, uh, which is you know, man, like such a hot take, I know, but um, but I I think you know that's going to apply to industries as well. It's going to apply to groups of people, and I honestly think that's I I honestly I'm going to go I'm going to die on this hill. I think that's part of it. I think it is, it is sort of it's kind of like a combination of the fact that oh well you know like uh, man like our dads can be assholes too. Uh, but it's not necessarily their fault, but it is. And then, of course, there's this kind of end of the world scenario that's approaching, right? Like where everyone's worried, Y2K, um, you know, biblical fundamentalists. And, and this is kind of how we sort of, uh, how it manifests in pop culture. You know, because pop culture is nothing if not a kind of filter, right, for what we're interested in and, and how we make sense of the world. 
And uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think there's really something going on. And you know it gets bad whenever, like, James Caan and Kathy Bates are in a fist fight. That's the, that's the, the low point for you? Well, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> maybe that's the high point, right? Because uh, that is... Good Lord. By the way, and, and it's, I think that... And the only reason why I would ever uh, sort of... <laughs> ever, ever try to, like, uh, sort of pinpoint something so, you know, quote-unquote deep, uh, again, using air quotes there, which is that... These fights involving, you know, old men and like physically more physically mature younger men or like Kathy Bates and G- these fights are violent as hell. Yeah. I mean, John Lithgow getting a helicopter dropped on him. Uh, <laughs> Henry Silva getting his neck broken and that's yeah. after him, his arm gets snapped in half by Steven Seagal. Dennis Hopper getting his head chopped off. You know, Keanu Reeves is like one liner for that movie speed was what was it again? Yeah, well, I'm taller. You know, it just goes <laughs> on and on. And and so I, I think if you just keep going down that list, even Harrison Ford, right, in The Fugitive, the, the bad guy in The Fugitive was just like this, you know, kind of schlubby doctor. And they have like a brutal fist Posi- fight. Well, positions of power um, shifted from, again, physicality to money to, you know, points of power within businesses, uh, people who were mentally capable of manipulation. I mean... That became the new bad guy, the new fear. And so we started seeing more and more of that. Again, not getting rid of the physicality sometimes. But, I mean, I think, again, like you said, the biggest reason that things changed is because we moved away from wanting to see these bloated action stars or these bloated villains and move into someone who has a little bit of depth and soul, like Misery, you know what I'm saying? Or or like Cliffhanger or like the 19... uh, the 1998 classic uh, Firestorm with, you know, Howie Long. I mean, those are the kinds of things that I think people want to have. You know what I'm saying? And there was a true shift. People started to recognize something different, and it was scarier to know that your lawyer, your doctor, the fan who loves you, your neighbor, your father, the fireman, the people meant to protect you can also be the ones to hurt you. That's where that came from, dude. And, and of course, like, this is, right, the 90s coming off of the... um uh, sort of the 80s, right, with all the uh, the horror villains, which were, like, not always about, like, physicality per se, but they all had, like, the supreme power, right? Whether it was, like, you know, Freddy's control of your your world as it as you knew it or, uh, you know, whatever the case, right? So, um, so even though they, they weren't, like, you know, just dudes with six-packs, still they were extremely powerful adversaries. So that's your that's your reason. So that's your reason that there's daddy issues all over the 90s. <laughs> I think it's a daddy issues in general, but uh, l- listen, you know, you, you don't want to talk about your personal life. I told uh, you. Well, you haven't asked me about my personal life. We've been having a great conversation about 1998's <laughs> Firestorm instead. That's been the topic of conversation <laughs> that I've enjoyed. I mostly try and steer most conversations towards that movie. A lot of people get upset at me, but you know what? Eventually, they uh, they follow up and then they're like, you know what, Brian? That wasn't as bad as I thought. And I'm like, yes, it wasn't. Remember, let's not remember how long also came out in Broken Arrow, which is pretty dope of a movie. I say that's just me. Bad guy John Travolta. Come on. Christian Slater. Howie Long. Not too bad. To be fair, Howie Long does have the best death rattle of any character in any movie in Broken Arrow. Death rattle? Like that became a Gatorade commercial. It did? His scream. Yeah, his scream in Broken Arrow when he gets sent like off a bridge and like to down to his death for like hundreds of feet. His scream became 
I, I can't remember what. I'm pretty sure it was Gatorade commercial. They used that scream in their commercials <laughs> uh, back in the oh, I did not know that. I'll have to go back and watch yeah. uh, 1998's Firestorm all <laughs> over again. No, Broken Arrow has a scream, though. Ah, darn it. Okay, well, I guess I'll watch Broken Arrow. Uh, maybe I'll watch Firestorm right after that anyway. Have a Howie Marathon, if you will. We've, we've talked so much about your dad. I'm curious, like, to the extent that there was, like, the anima, like, for, okay, just speaking for myself, like, my animosity towards my dad in the 90s, like, let's let's pretend like this is, like, a thing that's afflicting society, daddy issues, okay. right? Okay. So I've got to okay. be experiencing it, too. I, th- I think, like, for me, the my problem with my dad is that I was a punk, snot-nosed, idiot kid. And so, like, anytime my parents try to control my life, uh, you know, I just... You know, this this privileged like asshole in me was like, no, nah, man, you can't do that. You can't tell me what to do. I can go have a beer, bruh. What are you doing? You know, and that, that was Jesus. that that was my problem with my parents, the fact that they were doing their job and I wasn't. So you're you're blaming your parents for being a, a brat? Is that what you're saying, David? That you're a <laughs> snot nosed punk kid? No. Maybe your parents are not the bad guys here, dude. Maybe it's you, David. Think about that, dude. Maybe you're the William Forsythe and your parents are the Howie Long. <laughs> And they're just trying to save you, but you're being a fucking punk. No, Think my parents that, are dude. definitely the Steven Seagal in this scenario. I, I can't tell if that's an insult to your parents. Uh, I feel like that's a diss towards your parents. Okay, well, I, Are I, you the Tommy Lee Jones in this situation? Well, hold on a second. Like Again, it's all relative, right? If my parents are Steven Seagal in this scenario, and I'm, uh-huh. uh, and I'm I don't know, Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Try, trying to, like, you know, like, send nukes like on the coast of the u.s okay then you know it's yeah steven seagal you know not uh not the most um noble of protagonists but he's definitely the good guy in that scenario <laughs> the most i think he's the he, i think he kind of is the most noble protagonist <laughs> in that scenario he's the guy that saves the entire nation by killing all the bad guys so i feel like he kind of has to be the one in that movie that's um interesting, David. Uh, you are a punk little kid. So did you relate to the bad guys in the '90s, like John Lithgow and that's like, that's what yeah, it those is. Those guys man. get it. Their parents must be dicks, and I'm the they're the hero here. They're trying to do their job and make that money. I'm just trying to be a good son, and my parents are just Sylvester Stallone. Just let me go, mom. Let go of my hand, dad. I mean, that's I, I couldn't like just tell you my thesis right out the gate, but that's. I that's, mean, I, 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 you're a sociopath. You, you relate to the villains because you have dad issues. That's very, very interesting. See, I, I, that's I, I, I felt like I probably related more to Michael Douglas in Falling Down, more than anything else in the '90s. That felt like my life was just spiraling downwards <laughs> into chaos every day, uh, you know. If if I didn't have my mother, I think I would have ended up like Michael Douglas in in Falling Down, walking around with a briefcase and a shotgun, just causing all kinds of damage throughout the city. But luckily, that's not the case. Uh, my daddy issues go far and beyond, but luckily I have a strong mother who was able to guide me down a path where I didn't say, hey, you know who's the, the good guy in this? The bad guy. Unlike you, David. Unlike you, you freaking monster. I did not you know, know that about you. Listen, you've got me, bro. Like I've got you as a role model? I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I was going to say, like, friend, confidant, you know. Are you my William Forsythe to my Howie Long, dude? Yes. No, wait, hold on a second. There, there, like, 
you see, like it's been it's been so long since we firestorm, and you're literally the only person that like gives a damn and remembers it. Probably, so I'm probably. Oh no, you're my Scott Glenn. What you're trying to say? You're you're my Scott. There, Glenn there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, all right, uh, David. Uh, okay, Brian. Given, I got your. I got a question for you. I'm already scared. Go um, ahead. You should be. I the, am. Uh, because uh, listen, I'm, I'm here to open old wounds. Um, and, and just stick salt right in them. You right? do do that. Um, Why am I your life slug, and you just want to pour salt on me every time we talk? That's that is your goal for some reason. <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, and, and again, like I th- these personal issues, like I, I fully respect. Uh-huh. I I respect that you're able to, like just divulge them to me, because um, I'm not gonna tell you shit. But that's okay. Um, well, this podcast is already ruined because you will not do the one thing <laughs> that I said at the beginning of the intro. That is the whole point of the podcast. Go ahead, David, please. Uh, which is so, given what you know about, like, kind of some of the villains that we've talked about. Right. Correct. To the extent that you know that there's any legitimacy to to my uh, my ridiculous thesis, is there what movie, what what quote unquote dad villain um, can you relate to? Because you feel like the protagonist's uh, journey is similar to your own. <laughs> Are you asking me which bad guy I am in the 1990s? <laughs> is that what you're asking? I, me? I think it's, I think it's like which. Which bad guy is your dad, and which oh, hero Jesus. is? <laughs> which yeah, bad guy it's, is my it's dad? Terrible. Um, jeez. Okay. Well, David, uh, who's the most like bad guy from the nineties? I don't know. Like, I just when I think of like nineties bad guys that everybody can relate to, I think of uh, the idiots from Home Alone. <laughs> so, your so I'm bad the wrong guy. Person to ask. Your bad guy is the idiots from. Home Alone. That's your go-to answer. Well, I can't think of anything else. Like wow. all the action movies that I enjoyed as kids, they just like those villains weren't relatable because they were just silly, but they were fun. Um, and that's why I'm interested to see like if there was just to again just to peel back that psychology of Brian Ortiz. Like if there was a villain you felt like, man, that's. I don't like this guy because he reminds me of my dad. Sure. Uh, probably Wesley Snipes. and uh, He played Nino Brown in New Jack City, right? Prob- no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That is 100% not relatable to me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, now you just got me thinking about the bad guys from Home Alone, you dick. I just can't not not think of them. Uh, okay, maybe I'm trying to look at a list here, right, to kind of jog my memory. And I'm sure there's a better example. If I had to pick a villain that somehow represented my father, who, by the way, has not murdered anyone or, like, done anything villainous. He hasn't, like, robbed a store to my knowledge or, like, caused mass murdering from my knowledge. So that's not what I'm saying. But you're asking me who, what villain do I probably relate if I had to pick a villain that was my father. Oddly enough, dude, and I, not, like, the whole character, but definitely a large aspect of it, probably have to be Bodhi from Point Break, 1991. Patrick Swayze. Really? Like, in what way? So, it's just because, like, uh, Bodhi had a lot of, uh, was very much into the beach culture surf life, right? And that was, like, a big part of me growing up when I was a kid. Uh, my father had spent a lot of time on, on South Padre Island and stuff like that. Oh, that's and right. so, like, a lot of my life and a lot of uh, memories that I have are connected of going to the beach and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that he was, like, a beach bum or anything like that, but, I mean, 
he did live on the beach in a shack or something. That's not normal. That's not a thing he did. But like, if I had to pick a villain that's like resembled, it'd probably be that one. Uh, you know, uh, probably a little bit on the selfish side when it came to, uh, you know, thinking about what he wanted as far as like trying to get, you know, and the character wanted money and wanted to the thrill of it and like that kind of stuff. Definitely didn't have the nice beach philosopher side that would have been cool to have as a kid growing up. But if I had to pick somebody who like on a serious answer who was like kind of kind of fit into that scheme, it'd probably have to be Bodie, man. I have like a lot of bad memories of the beach and shit. So like every time I see Point Break, I'm like, Ugh, get those beach bums, Johnny Utah, get those beach bums, put him in jail. The, so like, is that why? Because because honestly, like when you started talking about it the other day, like I was really just like fascinated because it seemed like this notion of physicality was like instilled into your head as something that you couldn't do which is fine but like that there was something wrong with you that you couldn't do that as in like you know it, like it was that um you know do you, do you ever feel like you were like your dad was kind of the, the type of guy to like look down on you because you weren't into sports because you weren't um you know Michael Vick uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think there was. Uh, I think there was a. I mean, I don't want to presume and know what someone thought about. It. I, when I was a kid, I know that I felt like most of my half of some parts of my family thought that I was pretty. Much, I think they for sure thought I was a loser because I was not into traditional things that kids were into. You know, I wanted to watch science fiction shows and watch a bunch of old shows when I was a kid. I wanted to do theater. I wanted to do art. You know, that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of them were like, you need to be a scientist or a doctor or play sports. You know, be like a normal nine-year-old should be. Heads go watch Cliffhanger. Ugh. But I honestly think, like, that's where that came from. I don't know if there was a cognizant um, idea to be that way to me. But it definitely, when I was a kid, it came off that way a lot. I felt like a lot of people in my family's, one side of my family was very disappointed in the path that I had chosen as a nine-year-old, which is a lot of a lot of feelings for a kid at that age, man. And again, I think Bodie had responsibility that. too. Goddamn. Yeah, it's really it's hard, you know, when you're a kid and people are like trying to put all these social normative ideas on top of you, and all you want to do is like color and write books and like do art and perform and you know figure out your sexuality, man. Maybe it's okay to kiss boys. I don't know. It's the '90s. Things are experimental, you know. People just looking down on me. I mean, what the fuck, you know? But if I had to pick one, yeah, I think Bodhi, because of the beach aspect and maybe, like, the the diring need for this, like, selfishness of I want this, which is, if I remember correctly from the movie, I mean, he was really about that. Yeah, they, they kind of try, like, the movie tries to sort of really kind of, like, overload you with this, like, man, he's, he's deep and he's, like, a philosopher, <laughs> but... No, he's just a fucking bank robber who's yeah. got nothing else to do. He wants the thrill. He's selfish. Uh, except, he wants yeah. the damn thrill. He wants it for himself. He wants to feel it. You know, th you know, talking about like good bad guys from the ninety. Bodie's might Bodie might be one of the best bad guys from nineteen from the nineteen nineties because a lot of other ones they were really into you know like uh, killing and they were really into uh, you know they're real villainy right like John Lithgow and William Forsythe and all those people but. But Bodie never came off like that, like because you said they wanted to make him this dude who was like, it's all about the beach life man, and fucking surf and get my money. Like that was his whole thing. But he was really a very complex villain. And, and even at the end with him, like going out and 
what I assume was him dying trying to surf the big kahuna, <laughs> right? That's the whole, right? Am I wrong? Did you get that impression that he went off and instead of getting like arrested, he tells him that he wants, he's going to, basically he's going to die surfing that thing. And then Johnny two is like, Johnny Utah is like, go for it, do it. And like, that's why everyone gets all pissed off. Right. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Did you just say Johnny two because you got the meatball sandwich line? confused for a second i was thinking johnny mnemonic and i said tumonic and i was uh, you know counter is characters get mixed up in my head sometimes utah give me two yeah I, like i totally understand <laughs> i was laughing at the way you worded that like the fact that yes patrick Trace definitely dies at the end but i feel like you like you're bringing this topic full circle which some i couldn't do what's that um th- th- this notion that like the sort of villains were more complex and so because the 90s didn't know how to distill that in like unique ways all the time right they went to like the big brain type you know just like the john lithgow you know he's, he's a guy who's cunning he's got ideas you know is that to like steal a thousand dollar bills from like an fbi treasury <laughs> anyways but but the point is like uh that's interesting that you mentioned that because like i feel like um that that idea of like the villains is just more than just muscles kind of manifests in like villains as your friend or your dad, yeah, you know that kind of thing. Like someone that was friendly, someone you can get along, someone you could connect with. But there was something, you know, like darker lurking beneath the surface. I think it's true, man. I and I gotta ask David, like, if if my father, if my father's Bodhi from 1991, uh, who's your dad? What, what 90s villain is your father? I have to know now, dude. Take a moment. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll I'll trim it in the podcast. Check it out, everybody. Three, two, one. David's answer is? It is Swamp Thing from Con Air, uh, <laughs> played by MC Ganey. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you are you dead? Ladies and gentlemen, we just lost Brian Ortiz. That was, the, that was both simultaneously funny and... The funniest answer to me, and the most unexpected answer I thought I was ever going to hear. But you know what, dude? We're thinking on the same level because honestly, when you asked me the question, the first thing I thought about was like, "Is there a Con Air bad guy that is my father?" Like that's the first fucking movie that I said in my brain. Also, I was like, "Is there one? Is there?" It's got to be right. <laughs> By the way, like I, I, I have so many more questions for you. Like just to explain it real quick. Do you remember Swamp Thing from Connery? Yeah, MC Gainey. Yeah, MC Gainey. Because because everybody remembers John Malkovich. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people don't forget. Oh, people also forget Dave Chappelle's in it. Yes, uh, dies in the most hilarious Absolutely. way. Absolutely, dude. But can we just um, take a moment to recognize this amazing cast? Also, of like bad guys from like John Malkovich, <laughs> Ving Rains, Dave Chappelle, uh, Steve Buscemi, Danny Trejo, MC Gainey. Like, holy moly, dude! What a what a crew of bad guys. Like what a crew in general. Like Mike Hilty Williamson. Um, oh, that's just, right. Like, yeah, well, dude. I don't like mentioning John Cusack. Oh, John Cusack. Yeah, but, uh, you know, yeah, the list, the list goes. Uh, oh, oh, also, th- that's the movie that has Colomini, dude. Yeah, Deep Space Nine's Colomini. Yeah. Hell's yeah, dude. <laughs> Man, fuck. I think I'm gonna go watch Con Air when we're done with this. That's such a good movie. Uh, by the way, so like your father's MC oh, Ganey Swamp Thing, because why? So, so, so like for for those that don't remember, like Swamp Thing was he's like the the guy that. They need to like fly the plane once they like have t- already taken it over, and the the reason why like I think about Swamp Thing from Conair when I think of my dad is like a villain, which is that like my dad is is what you like, and I mean this in the best way possible because 
Uh, unlike you, and I'm not saying this is like a like a dickhead thing. Like, unlike you, I, I love my dad. Oh wow, like, okay. Like, well, just no, call me out on the well, podcast, like, I guess. Well, okay, no, okay. No. okay. Hold, Fuck hold you, I get so it. Okay, th- that's, that's right. terrible. Right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that, that's the, actually I, sh- I worded that really awfully. Like, I apologize. You did, you did. But go ahead, continue. So, so what I mean is like love, respect, like all those things, because we had a relationship growing up, right? And that's okay. It sucks when people are denied that, and I don't like pretend to like not appreciate that privilege but the point is like my dad is what you might call unsophisticated right so like growing up like I, you, know, you gotta remember like i grew up in like very privileged like high schools and grade schools so when i go to my right. friend's place you had all the opportunities got it understood no 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 no. when i go to my friend's place uh and say like my parents came along or my, i invited my friends over and like they're whatever the case like you know they, they would almost kind of like laugh at my dad they would, you know, they were just like, who's like, does he speak English? Because yeah, my, my dad doesn't, um, you know, English is not, he's English is his first language. He's not like, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But anyways, um, oh yes, my dad, was oh born in this, <laughs> my dad was born in this country and, uh, and English is his first language. But like he grew up just wanting to be a boxer. Really? And he wanted to like have fun. So, so he was an amateur boxer. And, you know, as he got like, as he became a teenager, just wanted to like party drink smoke weed and go to austin and watch like led zeppelin live that's all my dad was into and so wow so he was so i would always like so that's that's like you know like if we want to talk about like my, my personal demons it's just like I, my ptsd to condescension <laughs> okay um you know whenever i was around my friend's parents like just that condescending attitude they had towards my dad and so I think of the Swamp Thing, who kind of, you know, it's just like he's not the villain anybody remembers because he's just kind of like, again, unsophisticated. Even though my dad is a machinist, very good at what he does, uh-huh. um, just kind of that sort of classic blue collar, salt of the earth type. And um, and so so that's why, like, that's that's why, like, to me, Swamp Thing is just the perfect villain and happens to laugh exactly like my dad, which is like mouth agape. <laughs> You know, like it's, they, they have the exact same laughs, uh, which you see momentarily when the Swamp Thing tries to run um, Nick Cage over while he's on the uh, bike at the very end. You know, they're in Vegas and yada, yada. So that's yeah. an excellent answer. My God, dude. I, I think we both had extremely unconventional answers. Honestly, I don't think you expected me to see Bodie, and I don't think I expected you to. I did not expect you to say MC Ganey Swamp Thing from Con Air. Like that is the last person on a list of anything ever that I thought you would say. So. And honestly, I thought you were going to say Kurt Wood Smith's character from uh, Dead Poets Society. I, you know what? It's funny. I, it's, um, I, when I, I don't, when you, when we're talking about like eighties, nineties uh, bad guys, well, I mean, technically that movie is like 89. So I didn't, th- I didn't think of something. I don't think in those conventions, which is probably why I'm not as smart as you are, but I should have probably thought in those conventions. But honestly, I think you made me like, come to some new psychoanalytical realization that my father might be Bodhi. And now I'm just having a real existential crisis right now thinking about all of this. I'm just like, I don't know how to take this where I'm like, I have really thought about something new about my life. Well, you know, the reason, the reason why I do this is that you are very open about your life and your experiences, good or bad. I appreciate that, but I just want you to know I'm going to take advantage of that. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I this will add to my continuing trust issues. So I will put this down with my trust issues further. <laughs> I'm gonna exploit the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, I'm doing it for the podcast for the audience so they get to know us a little bit better. But now that I know you're just being manipulative bastard, maybe you are my father, David. <laughs> maybe you are my father. And isn't that what we all learn at the end of this podcast? Truly, sometimes our friends are our real fathers, the real <laughs> monsters in our life. And so. <laughs> With that, David, uh, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about Firestorm. Probably more than one podcast should ever talk about Firestorm. And maybe I'll do a Firestorm episode. I don't know. But at the end of the show, David, we'd like to ask, what have you learned about your partner? So today, David, what have you learned about me? I've learned that it was not like Freddy's Nightmares or Michael Myers' Knife that scared you, but the beach of all the places like something that's like serene peaceful but not for you not for david i sometimes hate how this podcast is supposed to be a joke but it actually hits way harder to home than it possibly should sometimes i do have these weird feelings about the beach because of my upbringing and now i'm realizing it and uh i'm emotionally broken ladies and gentlemen i am emotionally broken david you have taken my uh wall that i've constructed to protect myself and uh, you broke it down and, and uh, you made love to it. And I said, no, but you did it anyway. <laughs> so with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We hope you had a good time listening to us today. And for all the people out there who are screaming at me, uh, feel free to at me at our Twitter about Firestorm. I want to hear nothing but love for that movie. Hit me up. I got to find the Firestorm crew out there. Let's hit it up. Well, then we'll get on, we'll get on Fortnite and we'll have a whole Firestorm team. We'll all dress like firefighters, uh, and uh, we'll get out there and we'll we'll whoop ass on the world together. Uh, David, that's the end of our show. Thank you so much, man. I'm so glad. Thank you for the question. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Uh, we greatly appreciate you. As always, uh, we are here to not only entertain, but learn a little something about ourselves. And really, the true hero of today is Firestorm, and that's the most important takeaway. If you like what you hear, please like it share it click all the stars that are there review us if you have a review and it's a good review we might read it on air at the end of the show if it's a bad review but you still give us five stars heck we still might read it i'm looking forward to that one day um if you have a suggestion for a topic we'd love to hear from you about it please email us at wreckthepod at gmail.com that's r-e-c the pod p-o-d at gmail.com if you want to have a conversation with us or want to hit us up with some more topics of conversation find us on twitter at wreck the pod same thing r-e-c the p-o-d uh thank you for listening we hope you had a good time next week it'll be my turn i'm gonna drop some stuff on you david i'm gonna pry into your soul and i'm gonna learn something deep about you that is gonna make you cry like a little baby when i'm finished with you and with that, we hate each other a little less. Thank you so much. David, any final words for the people out there in the world? I, I, there's nothing deeper you can learn about somebody than that they love Firestorm. So I don't know how you can one-up that. And with that perfect ending, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Remember, what is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another. I'm Brian Ortiz. And I'm David Castillo. And we, you said that really weird, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Adios. Firestorm, nineteen ninety-eight. Go watch it. Peace.
Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world, and we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by. When fire breaks out, there's a dedicated team ready to jump right into the middle of it. But for their leader, this time, the enemy isn't the flame. It was a prison break! It's the man who lit the match. In case you haven't noticed, we're not firemen. There's a girl with him. Take me down. Century Fox presents Howie Long, Scott Glenn, Susie Amos, and William Forsythe. It's not your bar! You're still alive! Ah! Firestorm. 